Okay, just like to welcome you all. Sunday Sila. I've been able to plug in a few times uh, since coming up here. And so that's been great. And uh, we'll uh, begin, uh, of course, we've begun the morning by taking the refuges and precepts. And uh, we can begin with a meditation. So just to uh, take the opportunity to, to, to settle. And, and, and part of settling is, is sometimes, you know, sometimes we tend to um, <clears throat> um, say to go right to some method, technique. Okay, I've got to put my mind on the breath. I've got to. I've got to uh, quiet my mind. I've got to settle my mind. Uh, but I think one of the things that's really important and is, is I would say, very traditional is that before one starts to actually meditate or the beginning of the meditation is a, is a recollection, like using the mind to reflect, recollect, uh, to bring to mind uh, things that are really wholesome, skillful. What you're doing is creating an atmosphere of the, of the mind, an atmosphere of the heart. And, um, and of course, say classical atmospheres for well-being are refuges and precepts. I mean, that's a, uh, uh, it's a strong foundation for uh, our, uh, these, uh, yeah, wholesome, skillful states of mind. So that, that recollecting, uh, the, recollecting the refuges, bringing to mind uh, the reality that uh, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha are, are, are a foundation. They are a basis for uh, one's life on a daily day basis. They're a, a foundation for what one turns to in terms of perspective uh, and particularly when thinking in terms of the, uh, say, the Buddha as an example of, of wisdom, of compassion, of purity, and that those are qualities that we ourselves cherish uh, and um, want to bring into our own lives and are trying to bring that into our own lives. So that, that uh, you know, just bringing that to mind and, and, you know, that's the inclination of the mind. That is what one would like to uh, cultivate and sustain as a refuge for the heart, a uh, sense of, of uh, things. This, yeah, this, those those aspects of of those those uh, noble qualities of heart. Um, those are what we want to um, encourage the. A heart to lean towards, to rely on, and that's what a refuge means. That's one. That's what one relies on. 
the recollection of Dhamma is a is a recollection of truth, but it's also I mean it's sometime I mean I think one of the things that that's important from a uh, say from a Buddhist perspective is that yes there is truth but then there's also the when you say like there's the implications of truth uh, or the application of truth um, so that and and which is quite different from a, like a Western philosophical religious perspective because there can be uh, so much emphasis on, okay, this is true and everything else is false. This is true and, and I'm better than you because I'm true and you're obviously not. And and uh, and that uh, you know it sows the, the it sows the seeds of conflict and division. So it's something like Ajahn Chah. There was an idiom that Ajahn Chah kind of coined and used. Um, uh, and, and it came about as yeah, as a. As a with, uh, I mean, or is memorable, uh, with an occasion when, when a uh, you know there was some conflict and and uh, uh, it was Tomato. He was a young monk and and uh, he had publicly criticized somebody for for their behaviors in a meeting of the sangha and then they. Um, and the monk ended up just leaving. Uh, it was just so you know, shocking, embarrassing. And then and Ajahn Chah was away at the time. When Ajahn Chah came back, then he uh, <clears throat> uh, talked with Ajahn Sumedho and and uh, and said, you know what, you know what you said was true. But it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. In that sense, you can say something true, but it's, it's it's not the right thing to say or the right thing to do. Uh, or something can be right. I mean, we can get really wound up with righteousness, but it might not be true. And uh, so that you, you, there, there's there's uh, uh, there's nuance to this whole aspect of. Okay, what's true and what's right? What's beneficial? What is going to bring about well-being uh, and and harmony? Uh, and uh, uh, you know, and so much of the conflict, you know, say nowadays is everybody's, especially when everybody's truth is sort of whatever they think it is. <laughs> It's, uh, I, of course, it gets complicated and difficult. Um, but that's why I said, like, say, for the Buddha, what is it that leads away from 
suffering? What is it that leads away from you know, disharmony, discontent, dis-ease? And it's really, really important to be reflecting rather than, um, you know, this is true and I hold to my truth. And, and, uh, and of course, I get into conflict and arguments with everybody around me because of my truth. <laughs> it's, it's not very useful. So that to that reflection of Dhamma is a, a a contemplation of not only what is true, Dhamma is fundamental truth, but also Dhamma is that which le- that which leads out of conflict and difficulty and suffering. So that to to be uh, reflecting, considering uh, how, yeah, what, what what am I going to rely on? What am I going to take as a refuge to be free from suffering? Uh, and that, and what am I going to, what do I keep taking as a refuge that keeps me agitated and and uh, and and uh, and uncomfortable and. Refuge in Sangha is refuge in, in virtue, in integrity, and that sense of well-being and ease that, 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 that comes from yeah, living a life of integrity. And so that, that Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha are, are internal, and of course, they're external refuges that we have examples of, but they are internal refuges that we learn how to cultivate, to rely on, and to, and just reflecting, recollecting, bringing to mind refuges when we begin the meditation are, a, a, and they're an uplifting factor within the heart. And that's it's just so important to direct attention to that which is uplifting uh, and, and doing it in a way that is uplifting. Because sometimes, yeah, we can sit and meditate and, uh, and, and just get completely tense and wound up trying to keep your mind on the breath and trying to keep the mind from, from thinking and you know, is that a fruitful use of meditation time? I think it's much more fruitful to, 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 to direct attention to that which leads to a sense of ease that is grounded in an attentive and aware recollection and then bring the mind to a settling object. And, and then... It, the, the mind, the heart can actually see, delight in that settling uh, rather than be, being coerced and forced into it. Uh, that, that this, and the, the quality of mind, quality of heart is very different. So just taking the opportunity to settle the mind, to bring to mind uh, the, oh, the, the themes that are 
conducive to to having a, a solid foundation and just scanning the the body relaxing the body settling into a comfortable posture and then easing into the say the certainly the most common same method that I use it that I use just the, the, the breath and settling into the rhythm of the breath being present being alert being attentive being very patient so that the the mind can be present with its attentiveness <clears throat> And as we, as we settle, as we sit, allowing the, the body and the mind you know, to you know, just to relax, to soften, and to enjoy that, that, that presence of awareness within the heart. So we can take the opportunity to sit quietly. Uh -huh. 